0: Hello church. A couple months back had a series of really interesting conversations with a couple of our missional communities as they're getting started and forming and kind of seeking out their own individual identity and what missions they'll participate in and who they were. And the conversation revolved around what they should call themselves. You know, what should their name be? And each of the groups didn't necessarily want to just identify themselves with a the day of the week. Oh, we're the Tuesday group, we're the Sunday group. That felt like that doesn't really describe and define who we are, this, this group of Christians trying to do life together and bless the world around us and grow in faith and worship. So it didn't really feel satisfying to settle on just calling it a day of the week. And also, those who were feeling led by God to be hosts or coordinators didn't necessarily want to see themselves in the light of being the group leaders. And I think that's a very healthy thing. Uh, for each of our communities. Um, we're not trying to just replicate the church organizational structure in our missional communities where there's like a pastor and the pastor makes decisions and others follow. We're trying to really find peer fellowship koinonia where we all actively engage from the youngest to the oldest, right? So even those that were leading the group didn't want to have it called, you know, the the Williams group or the Shays group or the Stratton's group. That also felt kind of limiting uh, and inaccurate. It's not just their group and it's not just a day of the week. So the way one group started approaching it was from Uh, standpoint of what are the things we've done so far and so we've prayed and we've helped and we've we've done this and they kind of took a letter from each of those and put together an acronym to remind them of the ways that God has worked in their group and to kind of help base their identity on their uh, missions on their outreaches that's a beautiful way to do it it's an interesting way to look at what God's done and then discover what he's making them to be so that was their approach The other missional community went from more sort of like the heart of it all. Why why are we gathering together? What are we all about? And their conversations revolved more around, you know, we're we're the family of God. So, as a family, what does it look like to reach out to other families, uh, to be a family, to uh, love our neighbor as if they're part of our family, to serve meals and food and homeless ministry? They're just kind of centered around that, that core. Uh, theological concept of the oikos, the household of God. So, I appreciated both those conversations, but it still felt like an unfinished conversation. Now, over these last few months, as all these different missional communities have been exploring their identities and their places and their people and their purpose, um, a thought has been coming to me that I think maybe the answer to this question, at least for me personally, it's changing how I view the, each of the missional communities. And so I wanted to share it with you. And the simplest way to do it <clears throat> is to look at the beginning of just about any of the letters in the New Testament. <clears throat> Whenever Paul or Peter, or anyone else writes, they're, they're writing to the church in a certain location. So, if I could just read a couple of opening sentences from a few different New Testament letters, this is how the early church referred to each other. When they were saying, hey, Christians over here, here I am and here you are naming each other, this is the way that Paul, specifically in this case, referred to the people that he was communicating with. So, first example, Romans 1 Uh, 1 says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle. He gives this whole long introduction. Then verse 7 says, "To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. So he didn't identify them by the house churches that they were a part of. He didn't identify them by the leaders in those churches. He calls them Christians, saints, you know, all the believers in that location. It's the book of Romans because it was written to the church in Rome. They were identified by their location. And whatever God did in Rome, whatever people led it, it was the place that Paul identified with. And whatever Christians are there, whatever believers are there, let's live this way. If we fast forward and look at 1 Corinthians, he int- Paul introduces himself again, writes another letter. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, along with our brother Sosthenes. Verse 2, to the church of God that is in Corinth, "...to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace." So, people in every place... To you who are in Corinth, the church of God in Corinth, which he defines as those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with everyone in every other place. He's naming them by their place. Their location is their opportunity for ministry. Their location is where God has put them. God's looking to grow the kingdom in that place. So one more example, just to further kind of drive the point home, the letter to the Ephesians. Verse chapter one, verse one, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. So to the faithful saints in this location. I think that's how the early church named themselves. They didn't develop a name that was unique. They didn't even call themselves Christians. Originally, they were just followers of the way, the way of Jesus. They lived for Jesus but what defined them was not that they lived for Jesus any differently than any other believer. Every believer everywhere in every place is supposed to live for Christ the same way. But what makes them distinct is they're in a very certain place. And so when Paul writes a letter to the people in Ephesus, he's saying in your location you have unique challenges. And your group is made up of unique people. And you have unique gifts and unique sins perhaps, unique challenges. Like, Let's talk about where you are and who you are and then that will define what you do and and how you live out the name and identity that you truly have which is just our identity in Christ we are Christ's people to you who are in Rome your location defines you because you already have your identity so really you're trying to figure out your mission and your purpose and your, uh, your kingdom work and that has to do with where you are it just struck me what a beautiful way for us to think about our missional communities. It struck me so much as I started to think about our own missional communities in this way that I kind of, for myself, I want to start thinking of them as the Meadow Hill missional community, or the Stony Brook missional community, or the Freeman missional community, the Broadway missional community, the Weemit missional community, the Old Pleasant missional community, because the minute you put the location in the name of the thing, it makes it about that place versus just the people. And if we ri- rewind a couple of years, what's the statement, the phrase that we've used a million times up to now? We are not the mission. We are the missionaries. And so if we begin to think of our missional communities as our destination, it's where we go, just like we used to go all to Meadow Hill Court, Six Meadow Hill Court, and sit in the chapel and worship together. If we just go there, then actually, we may be no good to the people around us. But the precise value and, and reason for wanting to be in the world versus away from it in our own chapel and you know in an isolated location we Want to be out there is so that we can make an impact where we are five six missional communities are in locations and the minute you you call yourself the stony brook missional community it's like oh we're about this place we're about all the people on this street who are on the street what are the needs on this street And I think as our our communities start to bond and we start to mesh together and explore what God has for us, it may be early enough on that if I were to ask each of our missional communities, what are the needs on your street? We might not even know. And so that just becomes the place to start, doesn't it? God has put you in a certain backyard on a certain street. Who are the people around you? What are their needs? How could you find out? Could we begin this exploration of our our naming and our identity as individual missional communities? Could we begin it with prayer? God, who is around us, allow us to interact and engage with the people that live next door. As a missional community, next week we're baking chocolate chip cookies. Actually, we should do this. I'm putting this out there as a theoretical thing. We probably just should do this. Maybe your group and my group, we all should all make some cookies and just distribute them to some neighbors. Church, that's church. That's just loving the people around you. What conversations will begin because of something simple like that? Maybe you do something different. Maybe baking isn't quite your gifting. Don't make bad cookies. That's even worse than than not making cookies. Maybe cookies aren't the right way for you. Maybe you look at your group and you say, we have some artists. We have some creative encouragers. We're going to draw. We're going to paint. We're going to write some cards. And we're just going to drop them off door by door. This isn't an evangelism campaign. This isn't a church growth strategy. This is what the early Christians did. They saw themselves as in a location living for Christ. And what I'm wondering about, as I observe all of our groups kind of like exploring themselves, you know, and and seeing what God's going to do with them, I'm wondering if our missional communities might run the risk of becoming destinations for us, places for Christians to go. And we have to be really careful with that. Because if we just create nice little happy atmospheres that make us comfortable, is that really being church? You talk about being fully church. I don't think a bunch of Christians that are just happy together and not reaching out into the world is fully church. So this builds on some of the things we've talked about and really is a challenge for you to say, who are we praying for that is an unsaved person, a a believer, no, a a non-believing neighbor, that we would love to bless in some way. Is there an elderly man or woman who lives on your street or a couple lives on your street that you could do some fall uh, raking for? And then just talk about, we're just trying to bless our neighborhood. Could you adopt your road, adopt your neighborhood? So everything that happens in here is under our watch. So if there's trouble, if there's, you know, a dangerous part of your neighborhood, how can your missional community say, well, that's Our responsibility, this is our place. We're meant to be here like Jesus was here and he healed the sick and he taught those who needed it and he redistributed resources of food and of education and of authority and so we should do likewise for our location. Not seeing our backyards or eventually maybe over the winter even our living rooms as a destination but as a location. So for me, the Broadway missional community. It's not my missional community just because I happen to live there. Uh, I don't want to be the leader of the missional community in such a way that I decide what happens and tell everybody. No, I want to find out what God is going to say to each person in my missional community and how we can learn from one another. But not just so that Christians get to be better friends with other Christians, it's so that people come to Christ, the gospel spreading the gospel. If that isn't a core part of what we do, then we're not fully church. And if we think of ourselves as being, you know, the Williams group or Pearl and Jane's group or the Shea and Costello's and Kip's group, if it's that way, then it's like, well, it's about those people. Don't make it about those people. People should come in and come out of the group. They should be there, but others should be speaking. Our children should have just as much a voice as any adult. So all of a sudden, it's not about the people. And just because God has done something, say with a homeless ministry or foster care or things in the past, Let's not limit him to saying, well, then that's all our group does. We're just this or just that. Maybe that is the core or a key thing that God will do, but don't limit him. So let's not just define ourselves by things we've done because who knows what we might do. And let's not just define ourselves by a couple of people because it's all of us. And let's not just pick one theological tenet and say, this is what most defines us. This is what we care most. We care about everything that Jesus cares about. We care about everything that God cares about, and that means the entire world. And we're not just looking for more believers to come to our missional communities from other churches, from other missional communities. Like, that's fine, but that's not growing the kingdom. That's trading. That's exchanging. A believer was in this place worshiping and praying, and then that same Christian, still believing in God, moved over to one of our missional communities, and they still believe and pray. where is the gospel expanding and bearing fruit? The, the harvest is ripe. Where are the workers that are actually going out to tell the world, which is crazy right now? Jesus is solid. Jesus is a firm foundation. Jesus is dependable. Jesus has hope. And so we have hope. And if you're looking for hope, come join us. We'll be in the backyard, you know, 1030 on Sunday mornings. or at Meadow Hill Court, Tuesdays at 1030. Or over on Broadway with the Broadway missional community. Six o'clock on Sunday nights. Whatever. But the minute that we place ourselves in location, I think then our eyes can start to be opened after prayer and the leading of the Holy Spirit so we can have some true wisdom. Then our eyes can be opened to see uh, what our mission is. And we are not the mission. We are the missionaries. You know, when I, I think about kind of traditional church structure, even where New Hope was at prior to this redistribution of ourselves uh, during this coronavirus time. I think about the naming of a church. You know, we belong to New Hope Christian Chapel. Someone else up the road belongs to Agape, now Calvary Chapel. Someone belongs to Good Shepherd Reformed Episcopal Church. Someone belongs to the Fellowship, Evangelical Fellowship Church. By naming ourselves a certain name it almost takes the focus off of Christ in a way, and it almost takes the focus off of even the community that we're in, because we don't call ourselves New Hope Christian Chapel at Meadow Hill Court in Southeastern, so kind of like reclaiming and, and sustaining that locational identity. We say New Hope Christian Chapel, so in that kind of more traditional model, you invite people to church, you actually invite them out of the community, into a safe place to learn and grow. And I've grown up in that sort of environment myself. It's a beautiful sort of thing. But I think one of, everything has strengths and weaknesses. One of the weaknesses of that can be that we don't see ourselves as put in a certain place for a certain purpose. We have an opportunity right now in our homes and backyards because we are so distributed to really think of ourselves not just as New Hope Christian Chapel, but as just Christians, just believers, and hopefully, I pray, it would be beautiful if not even just believers in our gathering, but those who are interested in learning more about Jesus, those who are a little skeptical about Christ, those who are searching, those who are hurting and wondering if Jesus has anything for them. You see, if we create little Christian bubbles in our backyards, it's not that open, welcoming, we're here to discuss faith, and if you don't believe what we believe, that's... That's fine. Let's just talk about it and grow together. It doesn't create that. It creates the holy huddle, as we've called it before. And uh, that can be really hard for someone to break into who doesn't believe or who doesn't know what they believe. So I'm inviting us as a church to consider what we call ourselves, to consider our location as being the defining characteristic And not to think of ourselves as limiting ourselves by our leaders or by our uh, gifts or by our past experiences, but really to just say, God has put us here. Now pray, Holy Spirit, what are you going to do through us in this location? You know, to kind of drive it all home or tie it all together, there was a conversation I had just this past week. Someone called and They're a long-time kind of former member of the New Hope family and have gone to other churches for the past many years. But in this time of isolation and and the coronavirus, uh, the church they're going to is pretty far away. And it's been pretty hard for them to maintain relationships. And any ministries or programs that that church has, which is farther away, they've had to travel farther to get to. And as I'm talking with this, this brother in Christ I'm just thinking to myself, you know, the distance that we are from one another and the distance that we are from the communities where we're serving in really matters. It really matters. We can be most effective building relationships with people who live close to us. And it doesn't mean they can't happen otherwise, but we are most effective. It's easiest when it doesn't take 40 minutes to get to someone's house and 40 minutes back. Right? A half an hour and a half an hour. You've done an hour worth of driving and you haven't even spent any time together. Like, wh- who has the time to just stop by when it takes an hour's worth of driving to make that stop by happen? We're so busy that I think friends that are close matter. And same thing for mission. Oh, I don't know if I can get all the way over to Brockton. I don't know if I can get all the way you know, down to Providence for this thing that they're doing or this thing we're going to but if it's your next door neighbor, that's the person you bump into in the grocery store. That's the person you say hello to as they walk by on the sidewalk in front of your house. That's the person you talk to over the fence. That's the person that maybe your kids go to the same school system. So you see each other at, at school pickups and drop-offs or soccer fields. Like how much easier to be a person around the people you're near and just be a person for Christ. Well, I'm in Rainham, but I, I would imagine a lot of the people who live in Rainham don't go to church in Rainham, Right? When we were focused here at the chapel, I wasn't going to church in my own hometown. So it created like a couple of mission fields. What well, is the a mission field where the church is located, the church building, and there's a mission field where I am. And we have an opportunity right now to just be simple and single-minded, be where we are and let that location be our mission field. So missionaries, we are not the mission, we are the missionaries. Missionaries, I would ask you to just pray together about your mission field. Ask God to reveal to you the people that are hurting on your street, the people that are in need. Uh, pray that God will give you ideas for outreaches for whom you can bless and just bless the people up and down your street. Uh, pray for the needs whether there 's crime, whether there 's a drug problem in your neighborhood or whether there 's uh, anything else that could come to mind. Um, think about kids that are at home and, and parents that are out of work and like what are the needs? Make that the home base for your mission field. And if we can also bless those who are in Uganda, if we can also go three and four towns over and do missions elsewhere, praise God. But I think we'll see unique and remarkable fruit when we just plant ourselves right exactly where we are and stake claim to that territory. This is God's region. This is God's street. He's claimed it. How do we know that? Because he put you there. He put the 5, 10, 15, 20 of you in that location. You are the Stony Brook Church, the Stony Brook community of Christians. You are the Broadway missional community. You are the Weemit Street, the uh, Weemit Lane, the Freeman Street, the uh, Meadow Hill Court, uh, the Old Pleasant Street missional communities. That's where God has put you. So he clearly has some sort of purpose, and it's not just for you. So please be praying that the kingdom may grow Have eyes to see the world around us and uh, reach out as missionaries in the mission fields where God has planted you this week.